The following podcast is a presentation of Project Entertainment Network. Don't be scared now, but it looks like you just wandered straight into you mind country. That's you mind, short for unaffiliated mind games, and you ain't never gonna be the same again. Brace yourself. It's time for Red Hot Truth Injection. Oh yeah! That's right, bitch. We're rounding up the sheeple and shaking them awake. You mind? Too damn bad. We're gonna set fire to the wool over your eyes. Feel the burn, baby. Hot damn. We're toppling the lies of the lamestream media one by one. Woo-wee! Watch them bad boys fall. Hey, Universe A. This is Universe B calling, and we're going to tear you a new one. You mind? Oh, no. Not again. What seems to be the problem, dear Napoleon? Oh, this. A handwritten letter. How quaint. There's nothing quaint about it. Look at the size of this thing. She wrote me a whole novel. Who is she? Shingles Briarborn. Shingles Briarborn. What kind of name is Shingles? Trust me, she lives up to it. I see. A former paramour of yours, perhaps. No! Hmm. No, seriously. I may have made slightly suggestive tweets, but it never went beyond that. How curious. Well, open it up. Let's see what the Lady Shingles has to say. No way. The last letter of suspicious size she sent me was crawling with live black widows. How did she manage to keep them alive in transport? Oh, maggots. Maggots? Yeah. Oh, well, she put live maggots in the bottom and some rotting meat, and then the maggots turned into flies. Well, some of them did. There was like a handful of them left wriggling around at the bottom. And the spiders ate the flies in transit. Um, Also, it was a padded envelope. Well, that goes without saying. Just how suggestive were those tweets you exchanged? Um, well, uh, let me scroll back here and, uh, yeah, uh uh-huh. There we go. That ass. <laughs> hmm. Oh, that's troubling. <sighs> you mean what I said or what she said? Tell you what. Why don't I take this letter outside and release whatever it is that she's taken the liberty of mailing to you back into the wild while you take a nice drive in the sob? Are you serious? Yes, of course. Revel in the splendor of your youth. I'm immortal, so... Yes, yes, I know. Here are the keys. Why don't you go somewhere nice? The beach, perhaps. Uh, well, I don't really... Uh, you know what? Let me go grab some sunblock. No, don't go back to your room. Go out and live life. Hurry along now. Let's not waste daylight. Hmm? Sure. Okay, I guess. Um, bye? Last time I checked, the U.S. Postal Service didn't make deliveries to the underworld. Not after that incident with all those misspelled letters to Santa. So that must mean... 
<laughs> Napoleon, you dare to think you could be remiss of me. Me, Shingles Briarborn? Not the Shingles Briarborn. Oh, my lady, it is an honor. Wait, how do you know me? Was it not you who penned this exquisite prose? Hey, that letter was for Napoleon. And so were the scorpions inside it, I take it. Deathstalkers, an admirable choice. Yes, their sting is described as one of the most traumatizingly painful experiences a man can ever know, and the neurotoxin they secrete can paralyze a victim right down to their lungs, causing them to die from cerebral hypoxia while trapped in their own broken body. <laughs> a shame they didn't survive the journey. Oh, poo. I really wanted to loom over Nap while he slowly, painfully faded from existence. Another time, perhaps. I'm just so upset. I was really looking forward to exacting my revenge. I planned my whole day around it. Revenge for what? Ugh, I supported them. Financially? No. They left me so passionate, so erotic a comment on Twitter that it bestilled my very breath. Hence the scorpions. A touch of irony. I like that. Oh, no, I hadn't made that connection until now. Please continue. Well, I knew they were just crying out in desperation for my love, so I rewarded them. I liked and retweeted their artwork. I left comments under every single post, naughty ones when it was a selfie. I DM'd them for hours every night just to get a single word reply. Well, perhaps... You came on a bit too strong. Please. You don't know Napoleon like I do. They're slow to comprehend matters of the heart. Yes. Among other things. I started showing up to their art shows, buying them presents, taking an interest in their day-to-day -day affairs. And I realized how desperately they needed my guidance in all aspects of life. Such as? Do you know I sat right there and watched them try to eat a banana? They couldn't manage it on their own? I wouldn't allow it. They can be terribly binding, you know. Not to mention their high glycemic load. I slapped it out of their hands so fast. To think of what might have happened had you not been there. I know. Take their apartment, for example. The one upstairs. It's terribly unsafe. How so? Do you know I was able to break in using a crowbar, some bolt cutters, and a blowtorch? Why didn't you just use a hand grenade? Oh, I hadn't thought of that. And I take it you found the portal to hell in the kitchen. Exactly my point. So irresponsible of Nap to let things get that bad. And despite all your loving attempts to help Napoleon reach their full potential... They still had the audacity to reject you. Yes, but I'll make them pay. Please, elucidate. After I kill Napoleon, I'm going to wear their skin around and destroy everyone and everything they ever loved in life. Well, that's one way to get into Nap's pants. This is just one of my bodies. I have a whole closet full of them at home. It lets me watch Nap in secret, observe their every move. Do tell. This isn't even the body I woke up in this morning. No? No. First thing this morning, I went to Starbucks to get my caffeine fix. An American tradition. But the line was way too long. A travesty. So, I jumped into the driver's body in the car in the front of the line. That does expedite things. Well, when I got there, I realized the barista was making the wrong order. The one placed by the body's actual owner? 
uh, yes, so annoying. So I jumped into her body. The barista? Uh-huh. And made the right order. Which is? A venti mocha cookie crumble frappuccino with two pumps of raspberry syrup and four shots of espresso. How decadent. I know, right? But then I had to get the frappuccino to my original body so I could get my caffeine fix. Otherwise, your game of corporeal musical chairs was all in vain. Yes. So, I had to hand the frap off to the body in the front car. I see. Then, jump into that body to complete the handoff. Understandable. Then, get out, walk into the car I came in, jump into my original body, roll down the window, and take the drink. You are the metaphysical Rube Goldberg. I don't know about that. I'm just a humble skinwalker. No! That term is reserved for witches in the Navajo Nation who don't necessarily require the literal skins of their victims. But you're a woman of certain talents. I give you that. Thank you. A woman who's been jilted. Horribly jilted. Finally, someone who understands my pain. Hell hath no fury like a woman's scorn, they say. As a poet, I am well versed in matters of the heart. Oh, you're a poet. Indeed. P.M. Gower, at your service. What does P.M. stand for? Probably Mephistopheles. Huh? Just P.M. will be fine. So, how did you wind up here? In my former life, I was a poet. You mentioned that, yeah. But the woman I loved from afar, my muse, who I devoted the every stroke of my pen to, was unmoved by my words. She was a fool. So I sold my soul in exchange for the ability to write one poem, so perfect, so exquisite, that her heart might at long last be moved. And what happened? I read it to her. Yes, yes. And she died of a heart attack. Oh. Yes, humans. Uh, that is to say, I should have been more careful with my wording. Well, you've read my work. Maybe I could hear some of yours. Just not the heart attack one, if that's okay. Of course. Here, let me move a little closer. Poetry isn't meant to be shouted from across the room, after all, but spoken in the soft, dulcet tones of intimacy. Are you hitting on me? <laughs> Forms across the darkened street. Pale windows that glow like dying embers of a fire once strong dot the building's facade. I see the forms, shadows embracing, caressing. Your touch comes to mind, and it hurts, and enslaves. I wonder, are you gone or not? My hands punch into my pockets as I go. The shadows retreat into the past. That was lovely. It really was. High praise, coming from a writer as gifted as yourself. Here. Sit down next to me and tell me all about that bitch who didn't know a good thing when she saw it. She was always strange. A bit of a step, some might say. Perpetually wandering, as though by some accident. She'd precariously slipped through the veil that separated her world from that of men. So, she's dumb. That's fun for about five minutes. And her eyes were dark, forever haunted by the memory of wherever it was from whence she came. Revealing her inhumanity. Big ol' ugly bug eyes. Got it. But it was her hair that most vexed me. The color, as if autumn itself had been woven into a tumbling cascade. 
which she wore as her crown. Um, so what does that mean? She was a redhead. Oh. I performed this piece for her birthday gala. Not that she paid it a moment's notice. Autumn warmth. A chilled autumn breeze gust, making me shiver as angry gray clouds entangle overhead, locking everything into sad, dirty browns, oranges, and reds. You amble close with a smile. It reminds me of the dawn of a very pleasant dream. And as your arms encircle me and your cheek touches mine, I lie enveloped in your warmth, such as a favorite down comforter on a chill autumn morn. So she was a ditzy ginger with a staring problem. What was the attraction? Can man, with all his proud reason and rationality, ever truly explain the whims of the heart? Big boobs, huh? Not particularly, no. Though despite her oddity, there was something compelling within her, a sense of virtue, heartily wounded by the cruelty of the mortal world. Overly sensitive little snowflake is more like it. She and I were the discordant strings whose voice so injured the heavenly choir. She wished to make her peace peacefully. I saw no remedy but war. Um, you totally lost me with all that old-timey talk there. In the end, we both fell from grace. I to my kingdom in the hollows of the earth, and she bound in undying flesh, condemned to wander, forever lost. Undying? But she did die. You said she died of a heart attack before. Ah, yes. How very astute of you. Here, let me kneel before you, as I did before her casket, when I read this at her wake. I mean, if that's what you gotta do. Death and birth. The mournful sunset cries. Night embraces the scythe, and the old stands released. While the giddy sunrise coos before the deceitful gay colors of the oncoming day. Beautiful. Better than an undeserving hoe like her deserves. Do you think so? Absolutely. You and I understand one another. Oh? We know what it is to suffer the pain of heartache. To give so much of yourself only to be denied. I did so much for that ungrateful little brat. And what did I get in return? A big old bag of nothing. And now, dear lady, if you do me the honor of allowing me to hear your poetry, brought to life through the instrument of your own resplendent voice. Well, I don't have anything memorized like you do. But I have it. Right here. The envelope you sent Napoleon. Won't you reach inside and honor me with a reading? Sure, I guess. <gasps> Ouch! Oh dear, I guess those scorpions survived after all. You tricked me! You! You! Save your breath. You'll need it. Though you were wrong about the Death Stalker, you know. Their sting is painful, yes, but very rarely fatal in full-grown adults. Which, despite what your mental acumen might suggest, is what you indeed are. And while I have you here incapacitated, there's another correction to your logic I'd like to make. Love isn't about bridling someone or taking control of their life. It isn't about what you can expect to receive in return. True love is a willingness to give of yourself, to unravel every fiber of your being, if needs be, and from it, weave your love the wings for them to fly ever closer to their dreams, even if it carries them further away from you, even when there is no tangible reward given. <gasps> there. You're still now. 
I'll have the demons carry you to a safe distance into the woods from here and call you a ride. Though make no mistake, this is a warning. Your flesh suits won't fool me. And if I should find you start playing your old games with Napoleon, well, you'll wish the scorpions had finished you off. Special thanks to Jennifer Cooksey, who starred in this episode as Shingles and featuring the poetry of P.M. Gower. You can check out Jennifer Cooksey's art at AfterDarkCreations.com, on Facebook at AfterDarkCreations, on Twitter, After underscore Dark underscore Arts, on Instagram, After underscore Dark underscore Creations, and link to her YouTube channel in the description below. Check out P.M. Gower's poetry at theprose.com slash P.M. Gower. Special thanks as always to our legendary announcer, Savage C. Walnar. We could not do it without you, sir. And a special thanks to Ethan Mixell, the composer of the Umine theme song, Demilitarized Zone. It is just ravishing, don't you think? I think so. You can go to patreon.com slash lucidnap to help support the show, or you can go to buymeacoffee.com for a small one-time donation, buymeacoffee.com slash lucidnap. Yes, indeed. And you can also help support the show by going to my website, lostbreadcomic.com, and you can buy my art, you can buy my prints. We're going to be coming out with some new stuff pretty soon. We're working on it, so stay tuned for that. It's going to be lots of fun. Be sure to follow us at all the links in the description below on all of our social media and check us out on Creeping Wave Radio. This was just a sample of kind of what you get on Creeping Wave Radio. It is a scripted audio drama, sort of like an old-time radio show, sort of a comic book for your ears, and it ties into the plot line of my comic book Lost Bread. It also ties into the plot line of The U-Mind. We have some characters that kind of go back and forth between that. New season is coming in October. Hopefully. Yeah. So thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Thank you for just coming along on the ride with us because we can't do it without you. <laughs> we really can't. And you know what? Thank you so much to our Patreons, The Amazing, Grimerica Show, Nikki Benfield, and Neil. Because we couldn't do it without you guys. You make it happen. Thank you so much. Okay, everyone. Bye. The You Mind is brought to you by Lucid Nap Productions in cooperation with a hairy old man. Thank you for listening. Bye. Hello. Is anybody out there? Anybody. This is Jim Cobb. If you're hearing this, the worst has happened. I've recorded a podcast at the end of the world and we'll broadcast it on channel PEN every Friday. It's all about the apocalypse, books, movies, TV, how much food and water will you need your bunker, all that kind of stuff. Excuse me, sir. You're going to have to keep the noise down. You're in a library and you're scaring the kids. The world hasn't ended yet. Sorry, ma'am. Shh, you're in the library at the end of the world with host Jim Cobb. Fridays, exclusively on Project Entertainment Network. This has been a presentation of the Project Entertainment Network.